At T-Mobile, you don't have to choose between a great network and the best prices. We give you both. Switch your family of three or more from AT&T or Verizon to T-Mobile Essentials, and you'll save up to 50% off your current service and smartphones. Bring your current phones to T-Mobile, and we'll pay them off up to $450 each. Visit T-Mobile.com to find out how to save up to 50%. Up to $450 via virtual prepaid card for eligible device payoff. Allow 15 days. Savings may vary. See T-Mobile.com. here that was for somebody who's cracking jokes had jokes last week tell what I can couldn't sing as so I had to show her that I can sing you know and show her. don't get me started here fill the belly eat your heart out uh I just want to set up this week's episode this week's episode I'm doing an interview on sex addiction so I hope you enjoy it and um I will see you guys next week later. The opinions expressed on the X and Y show are the sole opinions of the host. Please note, there is no intentional desire to offend any member of the listening audience. With that said, if you still feel offended, <laughs> tough shit. It's time for the X and Y show. With your host, Mr. Roosevelt. He talks about man topics, lady topics, and relationships. He talks about love, sex, and infidelities. He even gives good tips. There is no other show that compares to the X and Y show. Oh yeah. Sit back, take your clothes off, and relax. It's time for the X and Y show where real relationship issues are talked about and addressed. The only place on the planet that tackles the topics that everyone wants to talk about, but no one is brave enough to address. Nothing escapes X and Y, baby. Now, here's your host, Roosevelt Colbert. Welcome, my listeners, to the X and Y show. Um, as you know... Uh, the XY Show deals with a lot of different subjects uh, as far as, you know, how it's affecting individuals or people in re relationships or marriages and so forth, or just women or just men. So um, this episode is dealing with something that affects both men and women, and we're talking about sex addiction. And I have Adrienne McLean. Um, that's going to talk to me about the subject, and she is very well versed because she is a recovering sex addict. So I want you all to welcome Adrian McLean to the X and Y show. How you Hi doing? Everyone. Hey, how Thanks you doing, Adrian? Nice to meet you. I'm glad you're joining me here today. How you feel? I feel wonderful, actually. I know there's a lot of people who don't right now, but um, I'm very blessed. My life has actually pretty darn good at the moment so all right that, that's good to hear that's good to hear now as i said before the episode is how do you know you're addicted to sex that's the name of the episode mm -hmm. and now 
before before we start, I'm gonna just read the definition of uh, sex addiction. Okay. Oh, great. Um, now Webster's dec- you know term of uh, sex addiction is the term sexual addiction. Hypersexuality is frequently used to describe the problem some people have when they act out sexuality sexually in ways they feel they cannot control and which are detrimental to their health and relationships. Now that's the definition of sex addiction. Now let me read the definition of nymphomaniac. Okay. The nymphomaniac definition says a woman who has abnormally excessive and uncontrollable sexual desire. So, you know, those are really, really, really close. And I'm going to just be honest with you. I don't believe in sexual addiction. Now, let let me explain. Okay. The reason why I don't believe in it, because me, myself, if I had to call someone a sexual addict, uh, then I'm one. (laughs) Because I think about pussy all the time. I think about pussy when I get up in the morning. I think about pussy at work. I think about pussy at night. I think about pussy in the evening. Every woman I meet, um, I dream about them, you know, how it be to fuck them. You know, uh-huh. n- not that I would carry that out. You know, I'm not that kind of guy. But, you know, I do have an imagination that runs sometimes. So, um, well, I think you just put your finger on the definition, the difference right there. Mm-hmm. which is you think about it all the time, uh-huh. but would you actually go there? Would you actually make that effort to try to make it happen? And people who have sexual sex addictions will actually act in ways and, and take things so far <laughs> <laughs> that they're like, I can't believe I'm even doing this. Like what? It's, it's one of those things where you're kind of standing outside yourself, looking at us and going, why are you doing this? But you can't seem to stop yourself. That is where it crosses that line into, oh, my God, I'm, I'm fucking up my life <laughs> mm. by doing these things, and I, and I don't even understand why. That's but, where it really becomes an issue. But, that, I mean, really, that's the way we were built, right? I mean, humans were built that sure. way, you know? I mean, caveman time or, you know, back in Adam and Eve, they, they, they just uh, ate apples off the tree and pretty much slept and, and fucked. It was, mm-hmm. that's, yep. that's the way we were built. So what's wrong with, you know, loving dick? What's, well, you know, I don't love dick, but you know, from, <laughs> <laughs> from a woman's point of view, you know, yeah. What, what's, so let me explain. yeah, elaborate on that. Yeah, let me explain. So, so here's the thing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with having a high sex drive. There's 100% nothing wrong with like fucking as many people as you want to fuck. The difference is that when you have a sexual addiction, it's usually because you have some sort of void that you're trying to fill with sex. Like you feel like you're not good enough or you feel like your life is not interesting enough. <laughs> hmm. And for me, I was I was abused when I was a kid sexually. Oh, and okay. so it kind of warped my mind in this way that made me think that in order for people to like me, in order for me to get along in the world and be protected and cared for, I would have to make people want me sexually. I would have to give out sexual favors in order to survive. That was just what my brain took from that experience. And so then throughout my life, I would find like reasons and excuses 
to act out in those ways. So I was also really vulnerable, you know, as a kid uh, to sexual predators, mm. if that makes sense, because then I was like, oh, they like me, good, I'm going to keep going in this direction. And it also made me kind of predatory toward my friends. Like, I would always invite girlfriends over and convince them to take off their clothes and convince them to let <laughs> me do things to them. I mean, and then they had all this confusion and, like, guilt around that, didn't understand why this was happening to them. And so, it, yes, it's natural in the sense of, like, wanting to fuck people is totally natural and wanting to, to you know, explore is totally natural. When it becomes unnatural, when it becomes a problem, is when you are pushing this, agenda for psychological satisfaction mm. that and and it also and, it, and it's never enough it's like you know you fuck somebody and then you have to immediately fuck somebody else to get that same sense of like okay now i'm a good person i'm, I'm an okay person and it never ends it doesn't get filled that void just gets bigger and bigger as you have more shame and confusion around it wow so I, yeah. I, I guess that, yeah, when you put it in that context, and I guess that's a lot like a, a, a drug addict or alcoholic, yeah, you know, after, exactly. yeah, after a while, you know, they can drink two bottles and it still is not enough, you know? And it's not enough, yeah, because it's not just the physiological aspect of it. Like, yeah, orgasms are great. Everybody loves orgasms. Yes. Um, but <laughs> if you get addicted to that feeling of it and you don't feel normal without it anymore, and when, like, for example, back in the day when I was really acting out, if I didn't get hit on by somebody, like, I would, you know, go out in the world, I'm, like, getting on the bus, going to work. If I didn't get hit on between the time I left my, you know, door to the time I got to work, I was, like, what is wrong with me? What, what has gone wrong mm. in my life that nobody hit on me this morning? Do I not look okay? You know, what, like, is my vibe off? Like, that's how crazy it got. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, and I would get depressed, and, like, upset if nobody hit on me. So that's, you know, it, I think it takes it to such an extreme that it's hard for normal people <laughs> to wrap their brain <laughs> around, you know? Just like most people, you know, you have a drink, it's nice. Maybe you have a few drinks. Maybe you get kind of buzzed. But it's hard for us to wrap our brains around the idea of like getting up in the morning and drinking like a handle of Jack Daniels, mm, you know, right, to, to right. like function for the day. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. 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 If you put it that way. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like sex, food, drugs, all of these things can be taken to kind of a crazy extreme when we have a, a, a psychological issue addiction around it hmm wow okay so now you said that you believe that your worth came from your ability to get people to want you sexually um and right. no amount of t attention um, or desire was enough now did it have to be the actual act of sex or just receiving uh lustful behavior was just was enough energy that I got from people that was really what did it for me was like knowing that somebody wanted me but the problem is being a chick is that once you get someone to want you then they want to fuck you yeah. and I didn't want them to think I was a, like a 
he's a bad person, right? That like I had gotten to the point of like wanting me and then was like, no, I'm not interested. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and so I think I sort of would then carry through with it so that they would not, not like me. So they wouldn't, so they wouldn't be disappointed. They wouldn't be mad at me or upset with me. Wow. And so it was like an appeasement thing for me that I would go through with whatever weird sex act I had sort of set up here. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite was actually um, like online stuff because then I could just like log off anytime I wanted to. So I would, you know, carry on like catfishing, for example, you know, getting people, getting people to want you and then like just ghosting them disappearing. That was a big thing for me for a while. Oh, okay. It's like uh, easy to, to escape. Exactly, you have that nice, easy escape escape hatch. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you said that you definitely you, you probably would have had me back when you were because you you know you, oh for sure yeah yeah oh yeah uh, I, I admit it <laughs> I was you know good at it. yeah you, you could have just said Roosevelt okay I'm ready <laughs> okay we're done. Yeah. <laughs> it don't take much for me you know but uh no, no, no. <laughs> no, no offense but it doesn't take much for most men. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. They're easy. They're yeah. easy. Well, it went too easy. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let me, yeah, now, honestly, I think that's partly why I often dated women because women were more of a challenge. Really? Uh, and yeah, and you can and you can control them better. It's kind of a weird thing. Like it's it's harder to get them to want you, but once they want you, you can kind of manipulate them in really disturbing ways. More than more than men. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Could you could you go further than that? Like, give me an example. Okay, so I for a while, uh, I think I told you when I when I when we were first talking, I kind of went into like my rock bottom, <laughs> mm-hmm. and at that time I was dating a bunch of different people at the same time. And one of the people I was dating, I was I was in graduate school, and I had students. And so one of the people I was dating was one of my students, and she was barely nineteen. And just very easy, easy to manipulate. And I could get her to bring me people to fuck constantly. I would just talk her into like, hey, invite some of your friends over and like seduce them. And I would do this right in front of her. And it made her mad every time. And she would still bring people over for me. Wow. mind boggling. Yeah. Wow. And so, I mean, this is like, these are kind of the, 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 the depraved depths that this disease brings you to of really fucking with people's minds. And it's and it's not like I set out to, you know, hurt her or fuck her over. I really liked her. But it was like, you know, it just was never enough. It was never enough. She couldn't. And so I, I used everything at my disposal to get more people. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like your Igor bringing um, victims to Dracula. He was, just kept bringing yeah, them. Yeah, that's exactly right. I was a little emotional vampire, and she was my supplier. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that's a hell of a way to put that. Shit, that's a... Okay, that's a... Well, now tell me this. Now, like, you know, sexual addiction is like any drug. So, as with any Mm -hmm. drug addict or alcoholic, um, they would say they are still an addict or an alcoholic for life. Mm -hmm. So... 
The difference yeah. is, though, you know, an alcoholic will not drink again because, you know, the fear of falling off the wagon. And a, yeah. a drug addict won't do drugs again, you know, in the fear of falling back into being a drug addict. So, exactly. you, um, now, you're married, correct? I am. Okay, so I, you know, I, you know, I, you know, we're all adults here. I know you're having sex with your husband. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so, but but I think for not for me, monogamy. That's that's like abstinence. You know what I mean? It's just I'm focusing all my energy on one person and having that be enough. But 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 how do you know that that you won't go back to your ways one day? Like you know, it feels good, and and what's stopping you from saying like one day I want more love than my husband can provide me? You know, right? And so that's why I think I had, like I said, I had two rock bottoms. I had that first rock bottom where I was like, oh my god, I'm totally out of control. Like I'm doing insane things that are putting me in danger, that are putting other people in danger. Like risky, just insane situations. Like public bathroom sex and yeah, not so, not so stuff. Um, that, that was my first rock bottom where I was like, this is insane and I need help. And so I went to a counselor and I went to sex addicts anonymous. But what I realized is that that was really for men. <laughs> right. And I was surrounded by all these dudes who were like porn addicts and, you know, addicted to paying for sex. And here they are looking at me like, you know, I'm, I'm a chocolate bar. Uh, and so I was like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> And, and so this guy very, very kindly pulled me aside and was like, I think there's a group that would be better for you, which is SLAA, which is Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, which is mostly women. And mm -hmm. sure enough, that group was great for me. And, and so between that group and the counselor that I was seeing, I started to curb my most obnoxious behaviors. <laughs> but I found, I, I got married, but I found that even in that marriage, I was still not satisfied because I hadn't, I had looked at it as curbing the, the behaviors and I hadn't looked at why the root cause of those behaviors. Mm. I hadn't actually solved the problem. I had just solved the, symptoms. you know, the most egregious symptoms mm -hmm. of it. And so what I realized was I had to go back and do a lot of work on myself still. And so that, that marriage did not work out. Um, we had an open marriage, and that was part of the problem because <laughs> I could still act out. Right, and call right. It, oh no, it's okay because we have an open marriage. Um, and so, I after that marriage, I just went inside and I did a lot of personal work. And one of the things I did, and this was actually one of the most useful things I did, but also one of the hardest things, was an inventory where I wrote down everything I had ever done to hurt someone else using sex. Hmm. everything and I had to look at the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and and so it was like hurting myself hurting other people anything that I had done that had been harmful around sex and it was a really long list it was like pages and pages and pages and I was really like, wow yeah just wow and so I had to sit with that and go okay where is that where does that pain come from that I'm trying to drown out with all these behaviors and again, I went back to my childhood and realized that when I was sexually abused as a four-year-old girl, um, and it was by a woman, by the way, who was living in my house, I realized that it had just changed the way I think about love. 
and it had changed the way I think about my self-worth. And so those were the things that I actually needed to go back and fix and change. And doing that is what made me able to go, oh, I don't need this anymore. I can feel valuable and worthy in other ways. Hmm. And when I met my current husband, it was like he saw the me that I had always wanted someone to see and appreciated that about me. He didn't see any of the trappings. He, he looked straight past all of that. And he saw this person that I was inside of me that I had never been able to be because I had been trying so hard to be this person who was sexy and desirable. So... And because of that, because of that bond that we have, and because of all the work that I've done on myself, and I was alone for a long time before that, <laughs> just <laughs> abstinent, like just wasn't having sex because I was like, I need to know that I'm okay and that I can deal with this pain without covering it up with that. That's what makes me know that I'm going to be okay and we're going to be okay and I'm not going to act out in those ways. And believe me, every once in a while I catch myself doing something where I'm like, mm, why did you do that? <laughs> mm. and, I've got, and I've got this group of best friends. Um, who I absolutely adore, and I tell them everything. And whenever I catch myself doing something like that, I come to them because I don't want to tell my husband, like, hey, by the way, I caught myself doing this thing that was really disturbing today because <laughs> he doesn't want to know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah telling right? tell him might not be a good idea, you know. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> but when I catch myself doing something like that, then I talk to my girlfriends, and, you know, we're able to kind of talk it through and go, why do you think you did that? And, like, what pain do you think you were avoiding? And can you sit with that pain? And we work through it. So your, your girlfriends are like your mentors kind of thing. They're like my psychiatrists in a way. And <laughs> I think I am for them too, you know? We just have that kind of relationship, which I think is wonderful. That, that is wonderful because they, they know they know about your past, correct? Yeah, yeah. So definitely. that that's, that's definitely... You know, that's a lot of trust to trust in them to yeah. know that because, you know, a lot of times when people know you at your lowest point, they use that sometimes against you when they get, you know, right. in a certain. And I found that and I and I have found that in past relationships that when I told people about my past, that they would then hold that over my head and use that against me in arguments or at moments when I was at my weakest. Right. And so I was really, and I was really hesitant actually to tell my current husband, you know, the whole kind of. <laughs> oh, he does. Dog and pony show story. So he does know. But he does know. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I did tell him. Um, but again, I, I think it's a different thing when it's, it's been a while. Do you know what I mean? Like when it's not so fresh. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like it's been two decades. I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, now let me. You say the actions that triggered this was a childhood. How long did the abuse last? Do you, I mean, you're four years old. You're pretty young. Um, yeah. You know. I mean, a lot of times people can't remember stuff going back that far. But um, yeah. You know how how long did I it last? I only remember. It's hard to say. I remember incidents. You know, I have a very clear, vivid uh, memory of certain incidents, but I don't know for how long it went on. I really couldn't say. Mm. I was four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Could have wow. been a couple months, could have been a year. I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I am 44. 
Okay, okay. So, yeah, so it's been at least 20 years since you had, you know, this problem. Now, tell me, at the time you were having this problem, mm-hmm. how did you feel about yourself? Now, the reason why I'm asking you this, because mm-hmm. if, th- if you were a man, um, you know, society would view this type of behavior like uh, acceptable and it would be cool you know, it'd be right. a, a good thing. You know, you guys, you get all the pussy you, you want. You a Don Juan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get all, go get all the pussy. You know, but when you're a woman, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's a bad thing. You know, society sees it as you're promiscuous. You know, you're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're a honky tonk woman. You know, so how did you feel about yourself at that time? So I wildly swung back and forth where there was this part of me that was like, fuck you, patriarchy, I'm going to do what I want. Um, you know, like I owned it and I would have bravado around it and I'd be like, yeah, like I get, I get some, you know, <laughs> and being very obnoxiously sort of proud of my promiscuity. And then I would swing wildly to the other side where I would just feel this crushing shame and guilt around it. Usually because, like I said, I was actually hurting people. It wasn't just that I was, like, fucking people. I was being really dishonest with them. And I was doing things that I promised myself I wouldn't do. And doing crazy things. Like, I think I told you about my my rock bottom story where I was dating this woman. And then she introduced me to her brother at their house. And then I seduced her brother behind her back. (laughs) um, Just to see if I could. You know? Like, that's. That's how, that's how far it went, you know? Wow. And were you successful? Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Wow. (laughs) You know, and I was, I mean, I was dating my professors and I was dating my students and it's like, there was no, you know, no one inappropriate enough for me to say, hmm, maybe that's a bad idea, you know? Mm. Like there was no line for me. Yeah, no, no, no one was off limits. Exactly, exactly. Wow. And in fact, the more challenging it was, the more interesting I found it. Oh. If someone was married and had kids, I found that interesting. Oh, that, that was a, like was, a bigger catch. Yeah, exactly. If if someone was gay and I could convert them, that's that's more interesting. If if someone woman was straight and I could convert her, that was more interesting. You know, <laughs> it was a game to me. Wow. And I was really good at it, but it was also really disturbing on so many levels. And so I would have this, like, again, this crushing sort of guilt and shame. And so that would cause me to act out more to try to make myself feel better about all the shit that I had already pulled. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty deep. Um yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah. When you when you when you were, you know, really going into what you were doing, you know, I don't mm-hmm. do that, you know. I mean, I, I, Right. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't, which is for the best. <laughs> yeah, you know. Don't get me wrong. I, I like pussy. You know, and I I do, you know, uh-huh, I, uh-huh. you know, I've done some, you know, thing, but I don't do that. That's that's way beyond, yeah. you know, my, uh, you know, so yeah, I see the difference yeah. now. And if, and if anyone out there who's listening uh, does find themselves in that situation, I highly recommend that you find an expert to help you because that was what really changed it for me was finding someone who was actually an expert in this area 
to be my counselor and help me through it. Because I'd seen so many therapists and, you know, kind of like you, they'd be like, well, there's nothing wrong with having a high sex drive. There's nothing wrong with, you know, being, being a woman who likes women. And I'm like, okay, but like, there's more to this. It's not just that I'm bisexual and it's not just that I have a high sex drive. Like there's something else going on here. Right. And it wasn't until I talked to an expert who was like, oh yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely see the pattern here. Uh, I can help you with that. You know? Wow. Wow. And, 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 and how long did it, well, you know, people are different, you know, it takes, you know, some people, mm-hmm. of course. but generally, uh, how long did it take you to get to the level you are now, um, you know, with your therapy? So, yeah. So when I first started doing therapy, I think it was probably a year before I was like, before I was making significant progress, I would say. Um, you know, some of the most obnoxious behaviors, like I was able to curb right away just because I was like, I have to stop. <laughs> like this is, this is completely out of control, <laughs> but I was still cheating. I was still doing my online stuff. I was still like, and like I told you, even 10 years after that first kind of rock bottom experience, I was still like, you know, expecting strangers to give me that hit of attention when I would go out of my house. Uh, and if I didn't, I would be really disappointed. And so th- I, that's when I realized that there was more work to be done, that I hadn't kind of gone deep enough the first time. Right. And so I think if you, if you go straight to the source the first time, you know, if you really go right to, like, what is the actual problem here? What is the pain that I'm trying to cover up with this behavior? You'll be more successful in curbing it faster. Mm, okay. Yeah. Hmm, okay. Now, do did, did, did this ever brings up, now you say your husband no, um, so I assume that it never brings up any current problems of your marriage, like, you know, he, you know, um, sometimes you might do something, you know, inadvertently, or you don't know you're doing it, you know, like sometimes you said you might slip up and do something, um, and if he notices or whatever, it's not currently causing any problems between you and your husband is it no no he ha- he has an amazing amount of trust in me which is part of what gives me the trust in myself is his trust in me and recognizing that like he really believes in me and so i have to believe in myself because i can't betray that kind of you know right right whereas in past relationships it was like they they felt like it was their job to control it for me and they would be really controlling and like try to curb, you know, control my behavior for me because I was out of control and they felt like they were helping me by being controlling, which actually did exactly the opposite because then it just drove me to cheat because I felt so controlled and like, <laughs> <laughs> like I got to get out of this situation, now, <laughs> yeah. you know? Wow. <laughs> that is interesting. Oh my goodness. Um, so what can you tell others? Like if someone out there thinking yeah. uh, that they might be a sex addict, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what can you tell them? Like if you do such and such thing or things, you might be a sex addict and you need help. Mm-hmm. What what could yeah. you tell them if they're on the fence and think they might be a sex addict? Basically, if you're doing things that are hurting you and that are hurting other people, but you can't seem to stop yourself. 
like you see that this is a pattern that is causing me and other people around me pain, and yet I feel compelled to continue doing it, then yeah, you might have a problem. Mm. And it, it looks so different for different people that it's hard to say like what specific behaviors. Of course, yeah. Uh, it would be, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, you know, when, when you have a compulsion, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, a lot of people, you know, they have like a compulsion to look at Facebook or, you know, some sort of social media. And you know what that feels like when it's like you just put your phone down two seconds ago and then you pick it back up again. You're like, why did I just do that? Uh, it's that sort of thing where you catch yourself and going, why did I just do that? Why did I, why did I do that? I didn't need to do that. Hmm. That, that's a compulsion. And once you recognize that you have a compulsion that's when you can start to look at it and go, okay, well, what am I trying to cover up with that? Like with the social media, it's usually boredom. Like you feel this boredom. And so you're trying to cover that up with this activity. And so if you can just sit with that boredom, then you can get through that. You can get past it and not want to do the behavior. Mm. But almost always when you have a compulsion, you're going to need to create a new habit because it's really hard to just stop doing something <laughs> right right and so if you really need to stem the flow and like you know oh my god i'm acting out i need to do something different you need to create a new fun game for yourself and often i tell my girlfriends like if they're obsessed with some guy right who's absolutely terrible for them we all we know know this gal right <laughs> who's like dating this guy and she's terrible for him and you're like you need to stop but <laughs> it's really hard so what i say is every time you think about him or you want to text him Send me a cute selfie of, you, of yourself, and I will gush about how adorable you are. And that way she gets that hit of validation, huh. but in a safe space from someone who actually cares about her. Right. So any number of things that you can do to create a new habit that just gives you that little hit of validation and like happiness uh, can help you get through that compulsion and that desire to want to act out. But really... You gotta do work. You gotta go to a therapist. You're gonna have to do an inventory and like look at the shit that you've done. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> That's right. the bad news. Right. You got to get professional help. That's key. You got to get some help, and you got to dig deep. And you can't just look at you know the behavior and go, oh, well, I can stop that. Sure, but is that really solving the problem? You're just gonna act out in some other way. Mm. You know. Okay. So I was going to ask you, how do you stay mentally focused? But you answered that pretty much. You have to find something else yeah. to, uh, right. yeah, you, you know, some, to occupy your mind with and uh, something right. positive. Right, right. Every time you get triggered, a new go-to activity. Hmm. Now. hurt you or anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you just a similar question. Are you okay now? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm great now. I'm great. I have a, an amazing marriage. I have an amazing life. I've got wonderful friends. Um, you know, I still post selfies of myself every once in a while to get some little validation hits, but um, usually they're not naked. <laughs> so, you know, I'm doing great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Well, thank you, Adrian, for talking to me. And you cleared up a lot of things about sexual addiction because um, I Good. didn't believe in it, really, until I talked to you today. I thought it was just a bunch Good. of bullshit. 
um, by, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists. Just, you know, they always kind of label shit. And, and I don't, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't like oh, that. Yeah. You know, you pick up a wood too fast. Oh, that's, that's wood, uh, wood syndrome or some shit. They always trying mm-hmm. to label something. <laughs> so I, I never believed it. But after talking with you and, you know, you putting it in that kind of context and, yeah, yeah. I, I get it now. That's, that's a very, yeah. yeah, that's a very deep problem that someone can have. It's just like uh, a drug, just like alcohol or, yeah. or you know, drugs. So, exactly. Yeah, so exactly. that could definitely ruin yeah. a person as well, ruin them and their families and, you know, um, right. and Absolutely. other people. So, you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Adriana, tell me about your, uh, your, you have a podcast, don't you? I do. It's called That's Allowed, and Allowed is spelled A-L-O-U-D. Mm-hmm. And on That's Allowed, I get people to tell the story that they're not telling. And I do this by making a safe space for them to talk about something that they have not talked about in public before. And then I just ask them a series of questions that kind of teases out this story, and we help, you know, I help shape the story for them mm. so that they can get their message out to those who need to hear it. Great. So tell me, yeah. where is that? Uh, where, what's your website for that? It is www.thatsallowed.com. Cool. And what? What's your yeah. social media? What's your Twitter handle? Same thing. That's allowed. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's allowed everywhere. That's allowed All everywhere. The <laughs> All right, that's easy to find. So, folks, if you want to find all those social media, just go to her website, and then it's all there. And um, now, you have a practice as well, don't you? I do. I'm a brand voice consultant, and so I help people tell their stories and get their message out to the people who uh, who need to hear it. All right, sounds good. And that information is on your website as well, correct? Absolutely. Go ahead and repeat that website one more time. www.thatsalloud.com Great. And that will conclude our, our interview, uh, Adrian. And I really appreciate you talking to me today and clearing up, uh, you know, the, the the confusion that I had myself, and hopefully some of my audience yeah. as well on the subject yeah, of that's my pleasure. Yeah, sexual addiction, and and I really appreciate you talking with me. And I'm glad that you're doing okay right now. I wish you and your husband the best. Thank you, and uh, I wish all of you. Your audience and everyone else the best as well. And uh, if anyone is struggling with this, feel free to reach out to me. I would uh, love to be a resource to you as well. All right. Sounds all great. Right. Thank you, Adriana. And you have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you later, all right? <laughs> okay. Bye. Later. You've been listening to The X and Y Show with your host, Roosevelt Colbert the place where real relationship issues are talked about and addressed. Join us next time. You can now put your clothes back on or not. Your Total Wine and More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. 
Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. At T-Mobile, you don't have to choose between a great network and the best prices. We give you both. Switch your family of three or more from AT&T or Verizon to T-Mobile Essentials, and you'll save up to 50% off your current service and smartphones. Bring your current phones to T-Mobile, and we'll pay them off up to $450 each. Visit T-Mobile.com to find out how to save up to 50%. Up to $450 via virtual prepaid card for eligible device payoff. Allow 15 days. Savings may vary. See T-Mobile.com.